I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you either. I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you either. Uh, smile! Smile! Hey! How y'all doing, y'all? Welcome to the Back in Class Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ray, a.k.a. The Electric Field. And yes, I'm the most electrified man. I want to thank y'all again for rocking with me this week. Uh, we're available again on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Anchor, and all the other streaming flat platforms. Uh, as you can see, I'm in my best mood right now. They bumping that little Duval smile. And that's just my energy for the rest of the year. I ain't going back and forth with you. I'm living my best life. You got a lot to be smiling for. Smile! Smile! So what is you wildin' for? Hey, if you're leaving, you achieving. <laughs> okay, that's enough. But, like I said, I appreciate y'all rocking with me. Uh, what episode is this? Episode 7? 7, 7, 7, 93, 11. Y'all don't know nothing about that. You young folks. You young as I here don't know nothing about that. Good music. Especially y'all born after 99, talking about Cardi B as y'all, Leah. That's why don't nobody like y'all. Really, on the cool, I don't trust nobody born after 95. I'm just saying. You may be technically a 90s baby, but I don't really trust you like that. But uh, <clears throat> getting into this week's show, um, as y'all know, one of the people I enjoy uh, and who whose content I enjoy taking in is, of course, Angry Uncle Joe Button. Um, Joe has a podcast where, he does, where he's with his boy Rory and then... Uh, Homeway Mall, and they just have a good time. Uh, and so right now they're on tour. They're taking their, you know, their tour. They're going around uh, different places, having live podcasts. Well, while they, while they're in LA enjoying their little vacation and doing their podcast, my boy Lupe ran up in Joe's comments like, "You out here staring into nothingness when you could be staring into the screen and catching these hands." Now, for those of y'all who don't know, Lupe and Joe have had this ongoing beef with Street Fighter. Yes, they could be beefing on, on wax with some lyrical, miracle, spiritual stuff, but instead, they going at it with these upright, left-right harukens. Y'all don't get that. <laughs> but uh, they've been going, like, they've been, they've touched on this like for months. It's just a little friendly back and forth. And Joe was like, you in L.A.? Look at God. So I don't know if they linked up. I don't know if they were just, you know, having fun in the comments, but that's one of the beefs I actually want to see. I can care less about Davies and Trey Pizzy, Kanye and Pusha T and Drake and keep dissing each other all they want. I want to see Lupe and Joe Budden go at it on the sticks. I need that to happen at Evo, uh, uh, wherever, an MLG event, a... Uh, ESL event, whatever. I need for I need for I need for the fighting game community to get together and make this happen because that's some that that's fun to me. That's something I would enjoy because you know Joe gonna you know complain about the stick being broke. Lupe just gonna uh, Lupe gonna serve him like he did Daigo, which some people believe that that was fake. But if you know Lupe, if you've been a fan of him as not just an artist but as a person, you know he's been like deep inside deep inside his boss. You know, he's been a fan of uh, Street Fighter for forever. He even had it in his song, uh, Tang. 
I really should look it up before I start recording. But it's on the cool. Is it? Is it go? It's not Go Go Gadget. It's Go Watch. If you listen to Go Watch, he has a whole his whole uh, second half of his uh, second verse is about um, Street Fighter and video games and that kind of stuff. But I digress. I just think that would be fun for Lupe and Joe to go at it again because like they went at it quote unquote on wax with that uh that song. What's it called? Something remix. They don't know remix. They was both on there. Joe started it off. The girl sang. Lupe finished it. I think the girl sang again. But Joe got bodied on that. I wasn't really trying to hit Joe and his uh you know jump off Joe Button mouse tone. I'm I'm, I'm obviously biased because I'm a Lupe stan. But I really believe Lupe would give him the hands when it comes to Street Fighter. But off of that, like I said, I enjoy watching Joe's content. I watch a little documentary that they're doing on the uh, on the podcast. Um, I listen every week, and while I was listening, uh, one thing came. Uh, they were talking about the T Pain's uh, Buddha remix, which I said it before. T Pain and when it remixes for me, it goes Plaza's version, T Pain's version, then Fab's version. I like Plaza's because he kept the Plaza kept the love, and he like listen, baby, get what you got. Got me sprung. I'm taking care of everything. Tell your kids to get private school, all that kind of stuff. T Pain, you know, he did his thing. You know, he made it a fun party track, which is what T Pain do, does. And of course, Fab, you know, swagged out for the ladies. But uh, also, I, uh, I also thought about this about other people who do remixes and their remixes sound better than the original. I talked about, uh, I was talking with the homie about how when CeeLo did his remix of Redbone, I was like, that was. Huh, if any remix needed, if any song needed a remix, it was Redbone with CeeLo. And that's kind of how booed up was. T-Pain just fit real perfectly with that. And so in in the remix, uh, T-Pain is like, uh, tell, your big, tell, tell your big friend and give me them cankles. And Joe said, you know, T-Pain is the one you give the big girl to. And then he started there. They, they kind of halfway talked about who um, you got to know your role. When you go to hang, when you when you hanging out, and that's one thing I thought about. I'm like, what? Every when you go out with your boys, you have to know your role. Now, in my opinion, when you go out, your group really shouldn't be over five people. Like, you shouldn't have more than a starting five when you and the boys go to hang out because that's just that's a lot. That's like uh, it's like as like Ice Cube said, with six brothers in the car, are you crazy? Like, you can't really try to talk to talk to women or move collectively when it's six of y'all in the car or over five of y'all or whatever and even with five like two in the front three in the back y'all all bunched up you just look like you know it's too much it's too much so my thing is i, I think you should move it doesn't matter what i think anyways <laughs> when you go out with your boys fellas you gotta know your role and like when i'm with when i'm with beast and and Quan, we like Eddie and Eddie. And I'm Eddie because I'm the one that likes to talk, move around. I always want to initiate the fun stuff, initiate the action. That makes Quan a double D because he's the one that's in the relationship. He's a domesticated one. He knows where the boundary should be. He understands he can't go too far left or too far right or he's going to mess up something, which consequently leaves Beast Mode to be 
uh, Ed. Now, I'm not calling the beast dumb. You know that beast. But your actions sometimes are boneheaded. But, you know, we're not those characters to a T. But if the three of us are out, that's kind of how we move. If I'm with my, uh, my other friends, if I'm with the delegates, as, I, as we like to call ourselves, or I like to call them, I consider us like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, my boy Mars, he's, he's Leo. He's the leader. He's the one that kind of, you know, has the big ego. He, you know, shows up looking cool. He normally shows up late. Uh, Doom is, what is Doom? Doom is Donnie. He's the smart one and the creator of Artsy One Night. And I say he's the smart one because he's the only one of us that went to college. He doesn't want to admit that, but he went to college. He has a degree. Regardless of how long it took him to get the degree, he has a degree. He's the smart one. He's the creative tech one because he knows how to do all the fancy stuff with cameras. And then I leave my boy Josh to be uh, Ralph. Josh is always ready, ready for action. Just like uh, Ralph, Raph, my bad, because Raphael. Raph is always down to fight. He's always ready to let people know that he's the strongest in the group. And that's kind of how Josh is. Josh plays his role as the tough guy in the group, which leads me to be Mikey. The childish, just having fun, always trying to eat, making a mess type of guy. And then that, and that's 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 where you, where, you, where you you got to learn your role in your groups. Now, if it is five of y'all, you want to make sure that your group is moving like the 96 Bulls. Every player is moving with a purpose. Everybody knows their role. And the reason I say the 96 uh, Bulls as opposed to the, what, 20, what, 2016, 2015 uh, Warriors? Because the Bulls went 72 and 10 and got a ring. Warriors went 73 and 9 and got no ring. And they don't have no role players. The Bulls, on the other hand, had role players. Everybody knew what they were doing. Everybody stayed in their lane. You had uh, Jordan. 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 The Jordan of your group is the cool guy who usually shows up late. He's usually the best dressed, and he, he's the one that's doing all the flashy moves. He knows how to order drinks. He knows how you know he's playing the best music. He uh, you know he's getting the best girls around you. You know he's he's the one. He's the star of the team. Then you got your Pippin. Pippin is usually his right hand man. He sets up the alley hoop for, for, for Jordan. He makes sure that, you know, Jordan's good. He keeps everybody on the team good. He make, he is the best wingman to have because he always has the support you need. And then uh, then your, your third friend has to be Rodman. Your Rodman, and now if y'all don't know who basketball players, y'all don't know this, uh, this basketball reference, sorry, y'all are just going to be lost for the next several minutes. But you need a Rodman on your team. Rodman is the T-Pain, the one who takes the big girl, the one who kind of, um, takes the difficult girl in the, uh, in the group, and you know he him is her. He's a distraction. He's the one that gets on their nerves so that the rest of the team looks good. And then you got the Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is a sharpshooter. Steve's job is to make sure that the rest of the team is set up well. You know he's the point guard. He's the, he he's the assist man. He's gonna shoot the shot that needs to be shot. He's gonna boom Jordan. Here you go. I heard that she likes vodka cranberry. I'm going to shoot you the information. You're going to get her the vodka cranberry. There you go. Boom. Uh, Rodman. She likes wings. Here's $10. Buy the wings for old girl. You good. That's what the Steve Kerr does in the group. And now your last guy is your, is, is your Langley. Langley's your center. Center's got one job, and that's to be in the paint, getting rebounds, and shooting layups. That's it. And normally, the boring 
big person. You know, they 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 kind of the butt of the jokes. They uh, they buy the extra drinks when ain't nobody trying to buy. They're the dad. They corral everybody towards the end. They make sure that the group stays together. So if you got to move as five, you got to have the '96 bull dynamic of when it comes to uh, your friends. You got to make sure everybody's playing their role because at the end of the night, it's for y'all to have a good time and for you to have uh, the people around you to have a good time. Now, if you're moving like the '73 uh, and nine Warriors, of course, you know, of course, y'all are gonna get a couple shots. Y'all gonna have a good time, but you're not gonna get you're not gonna secure the bag at the end of the night. Somebody not gonna get the number. Somebody gonna end up fighting and get ejected. <clears throat> Green, you know, the team as a whole isn't gonna look good. Your stats look good. Everybody showed up looking shiny. You got on, you know, the fresh press shirts or whatever. But because nobody was playing their role, the evening was bust. And you don't want to move like the like the Cavs because you got one star player. And a bunch of other other buses supporting cast. What's the point of you looking good if the team look bad? It's like um, if y'all have seen a beautiful mind. Whenever uh, uh, how did uh, John Nash broke it down? Like if you're going out, if, if you if you see a group of women, and you see there's clearly a, a Beyonce of the group. If your whole group rushes for the Beyonce and gets rejected, and then y'all try to go for the Kellys and Michelle. The Kellys and Michelle's are gonna feel second rate next to Beyonce, so y'all gonna get rejected. So, uh, so they gonna reject you too, and now the team just looks bad. That's what it's like being the '73 uh, Warriors. Everybody wants to shoot the big shot, but nobody wants to take care of the layups. When you move like the by like the Bulls, you go you take care of the layups, and at the end of the night, your Jordan gets the big shot. Everybody wins when everybody plays their role, and uh. That's enough on that. Moving along from there, uh, uh, more along the lines of playing your role and uh, knowing your position, I kept seeing this argument, well, not necessarily argument, but like debate popping up on Facebook talking about splitting bills in a relationship. Uh, I got it was some people like, I don't care. If my girl uh, is a CNN or CNN, a CNA, and she made three times as much money as I, I I do, I'm the man of the house. I'm paying the bills. I don't care. I'm paying for dinner. You know, I'm doing all that. If I ever go broke, you know, support me, pick me up, and keep me, you know, keep me focused. But I'm I'm taking care of all the bills. And then another half is like, there's no reason for us to have two incomes. And one person, one person footing all the bills. That doesn't make sense. And then another person is like, and another group of people is just like, I don't care. Just I need someone. Like they, they, there's some that support the first half. They're like, yes, support me. The other half is like, yes, let's do this together. My thing is, if we are in a committed relationship, we need to be doing this together because we're building a future together, not just building off of my back. I'm not just building off of your back. When you're uneven in how a relationship is working, that's why you get a lot of issues. You know, that's why you get people stepping out. That's why you get. Um, that's why relationships fail. That's why uh, you know things turn for the worse because you're not evenly yoked. I'm not saying like what I'm saying is that like you, you for the most part you should go fifty fifty on things. Like I shouldn't. 
my if you my girl, you shouldn't have you shouldn't feel pressure to go to work all day, come home, cook and clean, and uh, pay all the bills. Same way for me, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't feel obligated to go to work all day, come home, and do all the chores of the house, and you know, that's not that's not beneficial. Like y'all may have it to where you know you know I pay the utilities, you pay the mortgage rent. Um, I cook and clean this week. I, I cook this week. You do laundry this week. I do yard this week. You do uh, whatever. Like you, you got to have a dynamic in a relationship. That's how it works. This not. This isn't. It isn't the fifties anymore. Like there's no. You don't have. You. you there's no. Um, dedicated quote unquote roles. Now there are some things I would do as a man. That I feel are just, you know, chivalrous. You know, that's just, it's just how I am. Like, if we're in a relationship, I'm pumping, I, I'll pump the gas. I'll get out, you know, I'll do that. You know, I'll take the trash out. Um, I don't know, I'll do the quote-unquote manly things around the house. Then because that's just how I was raised. You, on the other hand, you don't have to do that. I know, I know Doom is very adamant about you, about women pumping their own gas. By all means, if you want to pump your own gas, you you can. I I'm going to offer. I offer whether I'm with my my lady friends or with the homies. I'm like, yo, you know, going to the gas station, want me to get on the pump. They know, you know, sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no. I'm willing to pump the gas. I'm willing to do that. You know, I'm willing to take. I'm willing to um, take out the trash because quote unquote that's the man's job. You know, I'm willing to do. The quotation marks manly manly things around the house. That's just how I was raised. I was raised to take care of my house. You know, if you weren't raised like that, by all means, you know, live your life, live your truth. But I don't. But I, I don't believe that you have to make your spouse be a servant to you, or make yourself elevated over the over the spouse because you're paying the bills, or they're or they're the ones doing the chores. Uh, and that kind of takes me to the next thing I want to talk about. Uh, Chance, Chance and his new album. Well, not necessarily album. His four singles. Um, what he had? I need security. Uh, I should have wrote this down. Eventually, I'm gonna get down how to run a podcast. You know, I'm going to have better notes. I actually, took me. I actually lost my notes tonight and was like frantically searching around the studio trying to find it. Um. I need security. Sixty fifth and Inglewood. Uh, I wish I could just look it up, but my phone is my phone is preoccupied. Hmm. Oh, Walla, 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 Walla. I don't want to like stop talking because then it'll be downtime. Um, and there's a fourth. I don't remember. I don't remember what the fourth one, what the fourth one was, but these four singles to me were, were were an example of the mature the maturity of, of Chance. Like when we first heard Chance, it was a ten day suspension, and it's because he was suspended for ten days for I forget why. But um, and then we heard Acid Rap, uh, and then there was Coloring Book, and on Acid Rap, that's what he that's really that's what he mainly blew up. With um, you know his uh, kind of young, young demeanor, but still um, you know just a young, cool young dude 
who was just having fun in hip hop. And then Colorbrook, that's where he kind of grew up. And, you know, he had the, you know, the gospel undertone and the, uh, the kind of uh, adult topics a little bit more. On these four singers, he really got into his his bag of being dad chance, chance the dad or whatever, chance the politician or chance the uh, uh, new fiance or whatever. Oh, is that right? Yeah, chance the fiance. You know, he got into those bags, especially in 65th and Ingl- uh Ingleside, I know I'm saying that wrong because on that one, that's what he details how uh, his his current fiance, how she was, you know, trying to be, you know, this couple, and he was out here in these streets still. And then when he, uh, you know, he was broke, he finally got a chance to go on tour with Donald Glover, and you know that's when things changed for him. But she stayed down from the beginning. You know, the dynamic of their relationship was a bit off, and that's mainly because you know he wasn't he wasn't ready to commit. And so, just like like I said previously, it's about how you want to, um, you have to commit to your relationship and be in it just as evenly as they are. Um, it was a good little, good little four songs. I wish he had just put it on one project or something. Called it like a, I put it, I, I made it, I call, I put it on a, I can't talk. I put it on a playlist and I called it, uh, Refrigerator art because they that's they all look like they look like if his daughter had drawn like some that's what the artwork of the songs look like if um his daughter had been in like kindergarten or preschool and she just drew something for daddy and that's what they all look like what you mean it's cool that it, it it fits into the realm of uh of what chance does you know it wasn't too bad it wasn't too good it, it was right in the it was right in his lane. Chance staying in his lane with these artworks. So I called Refrigerator Art on a playlist on Spotify. And I kind of, like I said, I wish he had just put them together to that point. I don't have to go back and forth one night. But along with Chance, his brother Taylor put out a project called Be Yourself. And um, it was good. I I hadn't really heard anything from Taylor before. I had heard like um, maybe one or two singles he did a while back. I mean, he 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 kind of sounds. He has that that uh, uh that shine gorilla black syndrome. Where he sounds like the bigger artist. Shine and gorilla black both sounded like Biggie, and um, that's the same thing with uh, with Taylor. He sounds like Chance a little bit. Like he sounds and looks like Chance, and so uh, it, it's it's sometimes hard to separate. But on this project, he really kind of you know you can you can hear the Taylor. Um, you can hear Taylor's personality coming through. My thing, like, but like I said, I think it just suffered from the sounds like a little bit too much like Chance. But it was a good project. It was something I listened to again. It would be yourself. Um, that's the same thing that I felt about Jaden Smith's early work. Like a lot of his early work sounded like um, Young Gambino. Like he was, like if Gambino was the name brand, then Jaden's was the Kroger brand, which is good, but it's it's just not. Doctor Thunder just isn't Doctor Pepper. It's good, you know. When in a pinch, I can appreciate it, but it just needs just a little bit more sprinkle, just a little bit more, just a little, little more sugar, a little less, a little less syrup, a little bit more extra sugar. It'd be it'd be good, and that's kind of how it was with the the Taylor project. Um, I don't remember any songs off of it to give a reference, but go listen to. Be yourself. It's a good little project. Uh, rolling back to the Joe Budden podcast. Uh, 
they mentioned the acronym HALT. And, uh, and no, I know it sounds like I stole all my topics from them. I didn't. It's just that uh, when you're presented with an opportunity to share knowledge, uh, I feel like that's vital. And so, um, that being said, whenever you're trying to make an important decision, you want to make sure that you HALT. You know, it's an acronym, H-A-L-T. You want to make sure you're not hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Because if you're any of those things, you're liable to make a, a decision. Uh, you're liable to make a, um, a, an irrational decision. You know, when you're hungry, you're liable to go to McDonald's, get a double cheeseburger, as opposed to going to get a salad. You know, if you're angry, you're liable to cuss somebody out, as opposed to speaking to them um, with some respect. You know, when you're lonely, you're normally, you're, when you're lonely, you're liable to hit your ex up. You know, you don't really want that 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 headache, and when you're tired, um, you accidentally you know send a wrong text to somebody. You know that kind of stuff. Just you make you make decisions. Um, you make poor decisions when you don't halt. You know, so whenever you you decide, you know maybe I should, you know hit my ex up, go get you a snack, uh, call a friend, take a nap, uh, because you you want to save yourself from the headache. You know, you want to save yourself, like I said earlier, about how relationships, you know, start to get rocky whenever things aren't evenly yoked. You know, you might, you want to, before you do something crazy in your relationship, take a break, get some sleep, call a friend, uh, go to McDonald's, or whatever. Do something to negate the hungry, angry, lonely, tired that you're feeling, because you might end up like, our next topic, Scott Storch. Who, um, if y'all don't know, he made a lot of music uh, in the 2000s with like 50 Cent. He made um, uh, just a little bit. Uh, he made Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River. Uh, I think he made Run It with Chris Brown. Like He has a bunch of like the songs we grew up on. There were a lot of his pianos under it. And uh, he had his, he, had a, he did a documentary, I guess it is, or an episode with Vivo. Talking about steel storage, about how. He went from being just this kid who didn't know how to read music or didn't know how to do music that well and uh, kind of taught himself and to um, working with the Roots. And then he went from working with the Roots to being his own producer. And then, you know, he said he accumulated like over $100 million and then lost it all because he got lost in the sauce. You know, he got hungry and only tired. He got some, some, one of those four cost him to lose everything, he said. You know, he got hooked on drugs, you know, he got caught up in the lifestyle and things just went south for him. Like if you want, you can go watch it on YouTube. It's uh, on the steel storage. Still yeah, still storage. And um it was I didn't I didn't I didn't learn anything that I didn't already kinda hear from his hot ninety seven interview. I kinda wanted to know like how he got the vices, you know, how like what what was going on. In that time that he lost everything, like what was he really feeling? What was he really thinking? I wanted some like in depth. Um, I wanted some in depth coverage of his situation. It was kind of for me. It was a little surface level. I didn't really, I didn't really feel like I connected to him. I'm just like, huh, my man. What I took from him was, huh, never do cocaine. That's about it. Because you know he said he used to you know do a lot of coke. And then for like a few months or a few weeks or whatever, he would have 
trucks of uh, dealership cars pull up to the house and just jump off a new car. So I'm like, all right, note to self, get pinned, never do coke. So I finally, um, also, I finally got to, uh, I finally got to sit down and, and watch. I watched most of the, um, I watched most of the Rap Radar Will Smith interview. Um, I just love Will as a person. Will is one of those people who's who's inspired me ever since uh, I started watching The Fresh Prince. That's top five shows of all time. Aunt Viv, dark skin Aunt Viv, is the greatest mom on TV. Uh, switching her out with light skin Aunt Viv was trash. Um, if it, if the rumors or the allegations are true, well, I know, I'm a, I'm a little hurt by that. You know, they say that. Um, they said Will is one of the reasons why she or dark skin Aunt Viv left the show because. Uh, she didn't like how, I guess, buffoonish Will's character was. But I mean, eh, eh. He's the Fresh Prince. He's supposed to be funny. But, you know, I don't know all the dynamics. I don't, you know. But, Darcy and Alvia was the best. And just listening to Will talk with him, I was, um, it was it was refreshing to hear one of, uh, one of Hollywood's OGs talk so freely. And one thing he talked about was, uh, one thing I admired about Will is that Will has always been like mysterious. Like you always hear rumors about him and Jada being swingers, Will being gay. Uh, you, you know, you always hear uh, this weird stuff about him and his family. He never comes out and says anything, and it's because he grew up in, in you know late eighties, early early nineties, where when you're a celebrity, you don't interact with the public. You know, you see. If I'm if I'm, I'm the celebrity, you see me during holiday weekends. You see me, you know, in the big big movies like Independence Day, uh, Men in Black. You see me on the red carpet then, or you see me at the award show. You don't see me on a Tuesday uh, in the middle of April. Like that's that's how early celebrities were, and he's learned that that dynamic has switched to where you people no longer support you. When you're mysterious, they support you more when you're more relevant and uh, more out there. Like the more you feel like you know about your celebrities or your entertainers, the more you feel connected to them and more compelled to spend your money on them. And you know, to you know, you you feel more compelled to go see a Kevin Hart movie because Kevin's on Snapchat, and he's on Instagram, he's on Twitter constantly. You know. Telling you about his life, you know, you know, we saw when Kevin went through his whole um, cheating scandal and how uh, how he how he works hard with you know his workout regiments and how hard he does his tours. You know, and you feel like you're connected. You feel like you're one of the Plastic Cup Boys because of how much content and how much um, how much uh, how much of him he relates to us. And so that was one thing Will was talking about how. The mystique is no longer there, and um, you want to give it all to the people, and and, and that's one of, that's one thing. Be down Elliot asks is like, is there such thing as too much information? And he's like, no, it's really whatever uh, you as the as the fan can handle, and so that's why you get long rant videos from like Azalea Banks on Instagram when she's crying, where you get. Uh, you get the, the the Instagram lives of artists and uh, 
artists or celebrities in there with no with no no hair, no you know, without their wigs or without their makeup on. You get you get you get authenticity whenever uh, you see a Cardi B. You know, when she's just in her bathrobe going off about FICA or, you know, cussing out Offset, which, um, no, I won't say prayers, but like, yeah, prayers, prayers and best wishes to Offset, you know, buddy got, uh, buddy got arrested. Um, this could be his third strike, you know, we we don't want that for him, you know, he just had his daughter, Culture, congratulations to them, you know, they're working on their relationship with you. When things are starting to look good, unfortunately, you know, things like this happen. So, prayers for Offset. But when you have artists, when you have uh, celebrities who are so personable, it makes you want to connect with them more, and it makes you want to give out. You know, it makes you want to. Uh, it makes you want to know about them more. Um, and that's another thing they talked about. They talked about authenticity. And uh, Will, you know, he he admittedly said he wasn't authentic. You know, Will has gotten a persona of being the happy rapper, the nice guy rapper, the guy, the rapper who doesn't cuss, which, you know, he made millions off of. He became, uh, you know, at one point, one of the biggest hip-hop acts by being the, excuse me, the soccer mom music guy. You know, songs like, you know, Getting Jiggy With It or um, Wild Wild West. You know, he he made hip-hop songs. He made... uh impactful music but to him he said he wasn't authentic because in his in his personal life he cusses you know he you know indulges in some of the in the vices that he didn't he never rapped about or talked about in his music and so he said he was good at keeping the persona of the good guy and so now he's um transitioning into just being who he is you know he's transitioning from being the "Quote unquote fresh prince to being Will Smith, and so like that's why we get a lot of Instagram videos of him and Jada and Trey and uh, Jaden Willow. Trey, for those who don't know, it's his first son that he did just the two of us with, which I think is one of the most touching songs ever. You know, I love it. I shed a little tear every now and then when it comes on. And so, um, if you hadn't gotten the chance to check it out, I would say uh, check it out. It's definitely a good." Uh, it's a good interview, um, very informative. Like I said, I need to finish it. I only got halfway through it, and it's been it's been out for a while. But I've just been um, lazy. I'm just gonna make excuses. I've just been lazy. I haven't finished it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I definitely it was. I was only listening to the brilliant idiots. I was like, okay, they, and they were talking about they, they were gonna put the video out because I don't have a title. Unfortunately, my bank is stingy and won't let me spend money outside the country. I don't know why, but that's just the way it is. So, titles, banking is in Switzerland, and I can't get title. So, if you got a title and want to let your boy use it, by all means, hit me up on on, on on Twitter, or if you got the number, whatever. Let me get that. Let me get that title information. But speaking of brilliant idiots, I was a uh, uh, speaking of brilliant idiots, Uncle Charla, Charlemagne the God. You know, it's been in some hot water late, hot water lately, because of some comments that he's made, or yeah, just just his comments about uh, rape and rape culture and um, uh, his handling of those those type of situations um, was I think I think back like '97, him and his girlfriend or his girl he was messed with at the time, 
uh, went to the sex drawer and got like some Spanish flies, put it in, you know, the, you know took the Spanish fly, had sex, whatever. Um, I'm not explaining it well because I've heard this story from him, you know, for the last, you know, for, you know, eight years, whatever, since I've been like, you know, since I heard of the Breakfast Club and heard of him and, you know, um, started to become a fan of who he was. So I've heard this story multiple times and every time I've heard it, I've deduced it as they together took the Spanish fly. They had, you know, they together got drunk and had sex, you know, had a, had a consensual relationship. But the way it's being um, construed or the way it's being seen by the public and the media is that he raped her. And then I think she's even come out and said that that's not how it went down, that um, he did violate her. Um, if that's the case, that's messed up. Um, women should be you know, treated with respect. Uh, no means no. Um, you the, the things that things that uh, the, the, these are things that should be common knowledge in this day and age. But I mean, that's one thing that Charlamagne talked about how a lot of things that men did back in the day that we thought were that I wouldn't say we that that they thought were okay. You know, like you know having sex with girls who were too drunk or too high to say yes or say no or to. I don't know, just just the, the the kind of taking advantage of women that they that they did back in the day, that everyone kind of just shrugged off as boys would be boys, or you know, she never said, you know, they 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 just shrugged off. They see now as rape culture, and so Charlamagne has been trying to um, voice about how rape culture is bad, and he's been trying to uh, reiterate about how um, men as a whole should. Uh, change the way they, they view uh, communication with women. So he's been trying to do that, but he, he said today um, in, a, in a sound clip that he did on a, on his podcast, or this is a sound clip he, re he released, he conveyed that he did, um, he did not relay those messages well. And so it sounded callous. It didn't sound as, um, I guess, as heartfelt as he wanted it to sound. Um, let me, let me, let me, let me say this, you know, for uh, back of the class, for uncommon achievers, for the, you know myself as the electric field. I do not condone rape. I would never make rape jokes. Um, I take rape and um, rape and, and the disrespecting of someone someone's body seriously. Um, It's not, it's not a joke. No does mean no. If someone is too inebriated, and I mean, I mean, that goes with both. You know, if, if a man is too inebri uh, inebriated, a woman's too inebriated, whether they're drunk, they're high, uh, they're sleepy, if they're not coherent to know to uh, to say yes or no to consent to sex, you need to let them go. Put them in an Uber, send them home, uh, tuck them in the bed, just. No, just don't, don't take advantage of someone who is in a vulnerable state, regardless of how they're dressed, regardless of whether you know how the conversation was going previously that evening, regardless of if she said hey, regardless of if he or she said hey, regardless of what happens now we're doing it, if they become at any point in time inebriated, 
to the point where they're not coherent? No. No. No means no. Like, don't slip in. Like, I've seen like too many. Like, I'm like we've all seen that video that circles around Facebook or like Twitter, or whatever. One of these girls like taking a video of herself at Coachella, and like you see a guy slip her, uh, slip something in her drink, and like it, it, the audacity, like it, it, it baffles me that this stuff still happens, and the the. The, the, the uh, hold on. I had to take a, take a breather there for a second. No means no. And so Charlemagne he cleared he 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 not tried to not tried to he cleared it up. He reiterated what he meant to say, what he was trying to say. But regardless of the situation, you gotta you have to as a as a as an adult as a mature individual. You have to move appropriately when it comes to engaging in sex with anyone. So, think before you act. Um, on a on a uh, on a lesser note, I'm trying to find my bag. It didn't work. Hold up. Let's see. If we try it again. Wait, wait. Wait. Nope. Still didn't work. My back still hurts. Um, this year, last week, or this week, or whatever. Uh, Cuddy celebrated 10 years of a kid named Cuddy. Uh, his, his first mix, not first mixtape, but uh, was it his first? I think it was his first. The mixtape that kind of put him on the map for everybody. Um, I know for me, I wasn't that big in the Cuddy when he first came out. I did like off that mixtape. I like Maui Waui, TGIF, and I like Spazzin. I like Spazzin because I had, um, I was a big fan of NERD and Seeing Sounds was a dope album. And, um, if y'all saw, if y'all follow me on Snapchat earlier this year, whenever we had the Eclipse, I played the, um, I played TGIF when he said, I'm going to say some things that make you think, I'm going to say some things that make you think I lost my mind. I'm the only brother that can watch the sun and don't go blind. When I did, I played that part and I stared into the sun and then I regretted it because my eyes were hurting that day and I was praying, Lord, please don't let me go blind for my stupidity. Like my eyes hurt. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I was just playing. I wanted to, you know, make a funny video. Um, don't don't play with the sun, uh, children, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, don't play with the sun during the clips. It hurt. I really think I might be going blind now because my eyes have gotten worse over the past few months, and it's just because I don't. I play too much. I really am the Mikey of my friend group. But um, I did um, with that mixtape. I did. Uh, it put me on the cutty and like on the on the when. Man on the Moon came out. I was definitely sold on the Cutter Man. I was definitely a fan. Um, it was definitely something different to hear an artist, to hear a rapper at least, be um, to be cool and vulnerable at the same time. Like Cuddy was always stylish. He always made you wanna. He always looked like somebody that that he, he uh, you can talk hip hop in the streets with, and could probably you know play some. Dungeon, not Dungeons and Dragons, but you know, he could play some video games with you. Cuddy was uh, part of that cool kid wave of rappers. You know, him, Lupe, uh, Kanye, you know, Bape Pharrell. He, he was part of that. Uh, he was cut from that cloth. It was like the cool kid who was going through something. And so, like, especially with like, track two on the album, uh, Soundtrack to My Life, where he, you know, 
I am happy. That's just the saddest lie, you know. That with those like lyrics like that kind of resonated. But at the time, I think I was um, I was like either a junior or a senior in high school, and you know how it is when you're a kid. Like you're just full of emotion, and especially as a black dude, you're not really allowed to have emotions unless you get like like you're not allowed to be sad, especially unless you have a saxophone. That's a, that's a joke I stole from Neil Brennan. But you're not allowed to be sad or emotional unless you got a saxophone in your hand. And Cuddy was just emotional. You know, he speaked about depression and, you know, he speaked about those dark times that every young man goes through, every young person goes through. And um, as a young brother, I, was, I, I appreciated songs like uh, Solo Dolo, um, you know, Day and Night, you know, that kind of stuff. I especially like Pursuit of Happiness because it featured MGMT. The band I got my name from, if y'all didn't know. Um, just like that whole Man on the Moon was just like a dope album. And so thank you, Cuddy. Um, you really, you helped a lot of people. Uh, I know that's one thing I never wanted to like really admit that I was, you know, that I, I went through some things, you know, I went through some dark, you know, tough times or whatever. And his music really did help me get through those tough times. Um, but yeah. I appreciate you, uh, Cuddy. Uh, let me see what else I got. Uh, Uncle Snoop. Uncle Snoop got caught up with Selena Powell. Like, you know, the newest Cat Stacks, the newest, you know, Superhead or whatever. The, the, not Superhead, because Superhead was at least doing something. She was at least a video vixen. You know, the newest Cat Stack of social media. And just, you know, on Instagram thought apparently this is, you know, it's not, I don't know if it's confirmed or not at this point. I really don't care. I just, you gotta, again, y'all, you just gotta be careful who you're rocking with on social media. Just everything is a, everything's a headline for somebody. Like everybody's trying to get you caught up. But like Uncle, but like Uncle Snoop said, you got, you got a lot to be smiling for. So we just gonna keep living our best life. Um, what else I got here? Got a whole bunch of, it was a bunch of, Movies that came out, movie uh, movie trailers, the Fantastic Beast two uh, trailer, the Crimes of Grindelwald. I don't know about y'all. I'm not really that. Uh, I like the Fantastic Beast. I just finished it. I just got to watch it. It was straight. I'm not really excited for this this new generation of Harry Potter. I feel like it, it's lost its uh, its luster since it, it's not the original cast and it's not. It doesn't have the hype and energy of the book, so I'm not really that into it. The Aquaman movie trailer drop, that was dope. Um, it seems like the independent DC hero movies are good. At least Wonder Woman was. and But it looks like the, the independent DC movies are good. I wish they when they came when they come together they, they could be better. Um what else came out? Oh Shazam. The Shazam trailer was funny. Like, I'm actually, like, really excited for Shazam, where the kid turns into a superhero. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, and I think that's what I got for now. Yeah. Like I said, this week I actually had my notes. Last week I lost my notes, and I struggled to make an intro. But, um, like I said, it's not about being perfect. It's just about putting this out and, and for y'all to enjoy and if you don't like it, you'd let me know in the comments, hopefully. And if not, hey, these things happen. Uh, like I said, I appreciate y'all rocking with me. 
as I, um, as I said before, I, um, I am Big Ray, a.k.a. The Electric Field. The most electrified man. You can catch me on all social medias at The Electric Field. Back of the Class Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, Apple Music. And with that, I think, I believe, we're going to get on up out of here. Peace.